0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January
3: 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, (sighs) and feel new?
4: This crowd rises to its feet. Putaro slammed it home! Garlet left wing. Free ball. Perfect! Garlet for the lane. Locked the movie. POW! And Helen blocked the shot at the rim. POW with the
3: left hand and a foul!
1: Welcome to the Chasedown Podcast. Part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Roone. The Chase Down is presented by FUBO TV. Watch over a hundred channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The All-Star Weekend is over, and unfortunately, so is the Cavaliers' tenure of Kevin Love. We'll get into all things All-Star Weekend, uh, but first, I think it's important that we talk about the last departing member of the 2016 championship team, and joining me today to do so is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy?
4: doing good man uh you know i think i thought it was a fun all-star weekend um but you know obviously you know i'm i'm a little sad uh we, we we've lost one of the best players in uh, franchise history a player who was integral to a title and uh yeah it's it's a little bittersweet won't lie it, it's
1: definitely bittersweet and uh We'll, we'll get into the basketball aspects of all this uh, a little later on the podcast, but I, I know Kevin Love was a really special player for both you and me, uh, and I thought it was a good way for us to start things off by just kind of talking about why Kevin Love was so significant to both of us. So I'll uh, let you lead things off first, Carter.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's time to monologue, son. <laughs> Get on that soapbox, baby. If you ever heard me uh, on this podcast, you've always heard me talk about the team needing to be more than the sum of its parts. And I feel like Kevin Love, at his best and his worst, embodied that e- that ethos and that that drive. At times early in his tenure, those parts didn't seem to add up. LeBron took his court real estate, tweeted at him about fitting out, and Love's contributions just weren't adding up. But Love learned and figured out how to help. He spaced. He quickened his shot release. He found ways to do the dirty work. His much maligned defense became passable in the biggest moments. Even when his box scores weren't overwhelming, his impact was all the way to the franchise's first and only NBA title across four straight finals runs. Love's post-LeBron career with Cleveland was similarly tumultuous. But even at its lowest, his basketball genius shone through on teams comprised of young projects and mismatched parts. Love elevated everybody's game. Off the floor, we saw him become a mental health advocate for athletes across the nation. Last season, finally healthy. We saw it all come together on and off the floor. Love embraced coming the veteran leader that a young core could rely on. He accepted a role off the bench, and he armed the coaching staff with an example of sacrifice they could always point to in order to keep the culture healthy. On the floor, he bombed away from three. And served as a port in a storm for a young team while finishing up as the season six man of the year runner up. We might have hoped for much the same this season, but it wasn't meant to be. Kevin clearly wanted more than what a, than a vet. He wanted to be more than a vet who could just jump in for a pinch. Wanted to prove that he could still play and that, along with a franchise accommodating a franchise legend, is why he's no longer with the team. It's a bitter thing to say goodbye to a player who's added so much, but this much is unassailable the Kevin Love experience in Cleveland added up far beyond the sum of its parts and I'll miss having him on the team Justin. that was really well said man and I think he did
1: such a good job kind of summarizing all the different ways that it impacted this and I said it on the last podcast before the news was official that I kind of wanted some time to get this right and I still feel like I probably haven't had enough time to get this right but uh for, for me Kevin Love was just always one of my favorite players even before he landed on the Cavs so adding him at a time where my excitement was already at 11 it felt so surreal uh lebron was coming back with the return kyrie was still on the team um and while i echo everything that you said carter about what made him so special on and off the court for me the reason it resonated so much was his work as a mental health advocate and i've been open in the past about my own struggles with mental health and To have Kevin Love, an all-star, a future Hall of Famer uh, and a star on my favorite team, be so honest and open about what he's gone through and and what he continues to go through, it it really resonated with me because it resonated because it was so brutally honest. It wasn't someone just telling you to talk about your feelings and get help when you need it, which of course you should do, but being vulnerable in those moments where you didn't handle things well, to, to me that just means so much because owning up to mistakes, showing we're not perfect, but that we're trying to do better. Like that is a lesson we can all learn from. Uh, whether you deal with, you know, clinical mental health struggles or, or just the the baggage that we carry in our day-to-day life. So uh, it the, the baggage that we carry, it impacts how we react to everything. Uh, but being honest, that you're not always going to nail it, uh, that you're not always going to be in perfect control. But being accountable when those issues come up and trying to do better and, and and uh you know being accountable to the people that really matter to you. That's something that I, I really admire and, and strive to be more like. So uh to to have Kevin Love be kind of a shining example of that was always something that
4: really, really mattered to me. Absolutely, buddy. We're gonna miss him. Um, you know, it was a, it was a weird tenure. Um, you know, never never quite as simple and smooth as Maybe you want it to be uh, with a player who, uh, you know, spent eight, nine, eight and a half years with the franchise. But you you forget how much longer he's been a Cav than even he was a, a Timberwolf. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting. Now that we've kind of gotten our, you know, our, our look at Kevin, you know, and his legacy as a Cavalier out of the way. How do we feel about how this all shook out? I mean, obviously he's going to a conference rival in Miami, very possible first round matchup. Uh, how do you how do you feel about how this uh, about how this played out in real time? Yeah,
1: it's something that I've been wrestling with a whole bunch because I like I, I understand it. It's one of those situations where it's unfortunate, but it really did seem like there was a shift for the team, right? Like uh, he was out of the rotation and it seemed like the the role when you heard after the trade deadline, uh, Kobe Altman and J.B. Bickerstaff talk about we can foresee kind of a, a spot where Kevin can be helpful for us down the stretch it kind of sounded like that's a Howell Nettle type role, right? Where you're not part of the regular rotation, but if there's injuries or if there's a matchup where where we like what you can bring, there's going to be an opportunity for you. And I understand uh, Kevin Love in in a contract. You're feeling like, hey, I'd I'd like a little bit more of an opportunity. This is a guy that's already sacrificed so much. Um, I think it's probably one of those situations where both sides are – still w- with this being so fresh or, or thinking about how things could have been handled differently. If you knew that this was kind of on the precipice of potentially being a buyout situation. But for, for me, I'm still processing everything, but it's just so weird that it, the 10 years over, like there, there wasn't, th- this was something that I was actually actively thinking about on game 82, being like, Hey, this could be Kevin Love's last regular season game with the Cavs, or this could potentially be his last game at rocket mortgage Fieldhouse. That game has already occurred. We we had no real warning of it, and we don't know when the next one's going to be. It could be game one of the playoffs, or it could be next season with him on a, a different team than than even Miami.
4: Yeah, it's um, you know, I'll tell you what. My my real you know on court reaction here is Dean Wade. You better be read as ready as we think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think from a basketball perspective, the Cavs are worse. Um, you know, I've I've long been uh, a, a Kevin Advocate on the floor um even uh though the play had de- degraded to the point where it was like hey you probably have to you know start you know at least getting a quicker hook uh at minimum uh and uh uh you know but with that said they needed him in that first play-in game against Brooklyn last year when everyone was clearly feeling the weight of the moment Kevin helped calm him down a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they had, I think they're a worse basketball team than they were uh, a week ago without him. Uh, you know, I, and there's a lot of, you know, it, it's so hard to know not being in the room, knowing whether this was a thing where they could have said no and not had it, you know, tank the chemistry. Uh, but yeah. you know, it, it is, it is cool that they did the guy a solid and, 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 and let him uh, pursue a plant, a place where he has a more quote unquote guaranteed role, But man, they you know if Dean gets hurt or 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 Jared or Evan get hurt, all of a sudden their front court depth looks a lot worse, um, and they have one less reliable person to try uh, when they're in the foxhole in the postseason. So, you know, I I I think that it's one of those things where I I think this is not only the franchise doing Kevin a solid uh, by all the reporting, but it's also a real you know, show of faith to, to the front court players they have right now that, Hey, we think you're going to hold up. And I, I mean, obviously not accounting for injuries. So I, I am interested to see if they decide to fill that last roster spot with a different veteran, uh, that maybe has a little bit more left in the tank than, than Robin, but, uh, and, you know, maybe a little bit more stylistic, uh, 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 shooting basically (laughs) um but uh you know i'll be interested I'll, i'll be interested to see kind of how they end up um addressing this and if this matters like there's a there's a real world chance where like kevin's not in the rotation he wasn't gonna be in the rotation and dean is fine in the postseason, and jb wasn't gonna turn to kevin anyway we just don't know um you know i always lean towards giving your coach your coaching staff more as many options as you can but Again, this isn't a a game played on spreadsheets, and sometimes players have their own designs, and they're not cool uh, being uh, in that Howell Neto mode. Yeah, no kidding, and
1: especially if you feel like you do have more to to give, right? And I was listening to uh, Chris Fedor. uh, He was talking about this uh, on the Wine and Gold Talk uh, today as well uh just trying to get more information because obviously we're outsiders (laughs) trying to uh rely on the beat as much as possible to kind of let us know what's going on and a lot of it made sense but what kind of stuck out to me was for miami because i i was surprised i thought he'd go to a situation where he had the best shot at a championship not and to me that's not hey going from the East four seed to the East seven seed right now, right? Like that, that to me, isn't the cleanest path. I was thinking, oh, maybe somewhere like Phoenix, where there's a connection with James Jones or, um, you know, even Philadelphia that was rumored. Um, But it makes sense because Miami's got a real opportunity outside of BAM. There are no proven front court options. Like uh, team building isn't easy, right? Like nobody's got a complete team these days Uh, for the Cavs. It's Isaac Okoro where he's done really good and he's worked really well in that lineup. But for most playoff teams, he's probably not starting at this point of his career. Kevin Love can play damn near starters minutes in Miami because outside of BAM, there are no proven front court options. And that's something that the, the Cavs just weren't able to offer. And from a Cleveland standpoint, to me, this kind of signals, at least um, when you're talking about what this team looks like, one healthy and best case scenarios, we're now probably at a spot where the only guys that Aren't playing multiple positions are like Garland, Mitchell, Rubio as the guards. Your bigs are, are Mobley and Allen. And outside of that, it's all guys that can play 3 4 or 2 3 or 3 2, right? Like it's all wings outside of those kind of core pieces. And I, I think when you're talking about theoretical fit for the cast, this makes a lot of sense. But I agree with your sentiment. They're thin now uh, in the front court. And Unfortunately, buyouts are one of those situations where there just isn't any winning, right? Like you don't win when you're buying out a player.
4: No, and like frankly, like it's kind of surprising. Like, you know, just insofar as like this is something the Cavs did a lot when they when they weren't that good. You know, mm-hmm. you do a player assault and you say, Hey, we're not doing anything, you know, we don't really need to have you in reserve. Um uh whatever, you know, winning is not our number one KPI this season. So let's let let's let you go somewhere where you want to go. This is not that. You know, Cavs are trying to win. And, you know, if if Kevin Love hits, you know, two, three threes against them in a post, you know, two, three timely uh threes in a four or five matchup, they have in fact made a you know like a, a by the books damaging uh move. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, again, uh you, you there's the personnel side of this and the personality side of this where You know, uh, I I don't suspect Kevin would have just been thrilled to hang out um, and and be a cheerleader all year. So it is interesting. Uh, Even in the minutes where ever since he was benched, you've kind of noticed that JB has been more fine playing like super small ball, playing Isaac at the four or Karis at the four. And I'm wondering if that's just something he wants to do more, because I feel like we've been seeing him do it a lot and he's not. In no way does he seem to feel obligated to play Dean minutes at the four if he doesn't think Dean is is giving him great minutes on those days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like Dean, we saw it last year. If he's playing with a, another big-ish type player, like he can play spot five. Like I, I think if he was healthy down the stretch last year, he would have been playing the five over Moses Brown because he is a good rim protector. He's someone that can move his feet. Uh, I think he's more capable of playing the five at this point of his career than Kevin Love is even, right? Like, I think Kevin is strictly a four at this point, but it's still big man depth, right, that that we now have less of. So um, I, I definitely think, to some extent, it, it's a little bit of like, hey, the training wheels are coming off. Like, you you mentioned how Kevin was a hub and, and a uh, kind of that that option that they could go to against Brooklyn. Now that's, it's going to have to be Evan Mobley. Right, like it's your sink or swim. You're we're now kind of sink or swim with a, a lot of the the young players on this team. Like there isn't a veteran that's going to do real heavy lifting. Even Ricky Rubio is maybe going to be a bit of a steadying presence at time, but he's not going to do heavy lifting in a playoff series. We are we are now really the the reins the the keys are, are all in the hands of the young guys, and we want to see how they do with it.
4: Yeah. And like, I guess, you know, if you are of the opinion that like, Hey, like it doesn't actually matter if Kevin Love helps them win a playoff game this series or this season, because they're not winning the finals this year and you know, they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to learn these hard lessons and, you know, to that end, like maybe there is a real case just to send, Hey, Hey kids, figure it out. Um, and if you fail, we at least have something to autopsy in the postseason. So um, it it is going to be fun, uh, to see how JB manages the lineups because they are just a small team right now. I mean, obviously they were small the last two, three uh, games, which is so funny given that they play this huge starting lineup. Like, but most of their other lineups do not have a ton of heft at this point, especially with Robin out of the rotation. Do you think they chase uh, a final body to fill that uh slot outside of the outside of the team, or would you just? You know, promote Diakite, sign Sharif Cooper to do a two-way, and and go about your business. To me, I think it's the latter. Um, I don't know
1: how much more Serge Ibaka le- has left in the tank. Um, great locker room guy, a good veteran to have. Um, but unless there's new names that pop up on the buyout market, and I, I guess that's something to to keep in consideration. My current preference is probably just to kind of promote internally, right? Like. I, I like the Diakite minutes that we've got this season, right? Like, I, I've actually been a little surprised when there were so many injuries that we didn't go back to him uh, and, and just kind of played a, a more perimeter oriented orientated game in those games. But uh, I think I, I would probably promote him and, and sign Sharif or, or maybe they have someone else in mind for the two-way. But um, that's probably the way I'd go because then you're at least getting another guy under team control um and maybe doing some evaluations for the future because i I mean as much as Neto is is a luxury um you're probably not going to be bringing him back next year if i had to make an assumption i'd be thrilled if he was back um but even if it's just something like having sharif on that two-way to to be that third guard I, i think that there there's an appeal in that
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip
4: Yeah, I agree, um, and I think I, I think I after kind of looking through the market uh, and the available names, I think I would like to still run it with the guys they have. You know, Diakite's earned it. He's he's been helpful um, uh, at, at times, um, and again, I just like you know uh, someone in the chat, uh, Stephen in the chat, just mentioned Demarcus Cousins, and it's like okay, you know, like if he's got anything left, sure, but like you know, I just don't think that. You're going to be playing DeMarcus Cousins in the postseason, uh, in games that matter at this point in his career. So why I think not? That's just a little reward... too disruptive, I, I think. Yeah, that... and why not just reward the guy who's been on your team all year? Uh, you know, lo- you know, get uh, Shreve Co- Cooper on on a two way who has been you know one of the best players in the G League all year. Uh, and roll with what you got. Like you already you already are kind of choosing to roll with what you got. Like why not just like lean in uh, and, and and play with the kids. Uh, see how far they take you, which you know, to my to what we've said all year, I think is pretty far, you know. I, I, and, and to the Kevin Love, you know, losing the, the love optionality in the postseason, that was always going to be a break glass in case of emergency option. It was, it was a, hey, things aren't going so good. We need someone else to bring in a spark kind of move. Like, love was not going to be in the playoff rotation. So, uh, you know, again, barring playoff weirdness. So, uh, it, it is, you know, as much as it's hard to, like, brush aside uh, someone who's, you know, been as important to this franchise as love has been uh, over this near decade. Like, the Encore impact, because he was already benched, like, it does feel, like, relatively negligible in the short term. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, right?
1: Like, it's, uh, if we get hurt. Type of scenario, and yeah, um, we we've had um people we, in the Discord ask, well, would you go Isaiah Mobley a, as being the the full time contract? And I think just from a team control standpoint, with DAKT already having days up with the big club and whatnot, I think he would be the one that you give the the deal to. Um I'm not 100% how sure all, all that's gone, but I mean, it is encouraging, right, that you do have Isaiah Mobley that's played so well in the G League, and I know you and I are, are both confident uh, or at least optimistic. Uh, That he can be part of the big man rotation in the future. So if you're rolling with the Mobleys, Allen, Dean Wade, and maybe another veteran option in the future, I I can see that being fine. But it really does feel like we're now probably going to see a bit of a transition to the core exists. Ricky Rubio is the backup point guard. And outside of that, we have wings. We we have guys that can play multiple positions, guys that can switch, guys that that fit the skill sets that we need. And uh, Demarcus Cousins certainly doesn't fit that bill. And and Carter, let's be honest, the other hang up with Demarcus Cousins is he wears zero. And and the Cavs yeah, announced
4: can can't, can't be done.
1: Cavs announced in the statement that uh, they will be retiring Kevin Love's jersey, which uh, is going to be a night that I'm going to cry like a baby. I already yeah. know that. By the
4: way, it is nice that uh, I did, uh, in, the, in the wake of this, I was really glad that they did sign Danny Green now. You know, like, okay, mm. you know, you lose a vet, but you add one that has title experience back. Um, and, uh, by the way, I'm seeing some folks in the chat talking about Will Barton. You know, they already addressed their spot at the wing. Um, and, and, and I don't think Will Barton I don't think they, they have room for Will Barton in their rotation right now, even if he even if he was what he was yeah. a year and a half ago. Um all yeah.
1: so. due respect to Will Barton, but I don't think there's anything that he brings that Caris doesn't already bring at a higher level. Like couldn't agree more. Like, uh, and and is a much every skill fit.
4: set. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like defense, playmaking, scoring, uh three point shooting this year. Like his numbers are, are way down and that's that's too
4: disruptive of a piece, right? Like I, I think Right yeah, now, you're looking. He- you're looking for someone you can slot in. Like, if it's a vet, like maybe someone like Ibaka, who isn't gonna do much more than you know, take some pick and pop shots, try to block some shots, try to get some boards. You know,
1: or, or as Giannis said, you're a screen setter, a rebounder, and a role player.
4: I, you know, I'll say Giannis is the villain in that one. That was too mean. <laughs> like you ever, you ever hang out with your buddies and like you're, you everyone's kind of digging at each other, and then someone just goes way too far, and you're like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we were like having a good
1: time here. <laughs> well, to be fair, and, and our good friend uh, Ty Windish pointed this out, Giannis is, is religious about his pregame naps. And I, I believe that call came in, that FaceTime request came in as he was trying to get a pregame nap. And so sometimes we get grumpy uh, when, when we don't get the nap. But well, while we're talking about social media content to, to begin with, it does feel nice that there was such an outpouring of, pardon the pun, love, uh, with Kevin being bought out. Like Kevin had a million posts, the Cavs had a bunch of posts. And like, I'm sure, as I said before, both sides are probably thinking, hey, could we have handled this better? Uh, or what could we have done differently? Um, but it doesn't feel like a contentious breakup like we've seen with other members of the 2016 team. And uh, while while it's still a, a weird set of circumstances and, and certainly unexpected, um, contrasting that, to how some of these other situations went uh, it does make me feel uh, a little bit better.
4: Yeah, finally we have a, a healthy divorce man, you know, if anything shows that the culture is better around this team, it's that we finally had a departure that just felt like kind of chill, you know, it's a bummer but like, yeah. you know, not like an absolutely brutal uh, thing where, you know, everyone's kicking dirt on each other on the way out you know, uh, and you know, I, I, I think that some of those fences have already been mended you know you have jr coming to the game uh, earlier this year and you know getting a ton of love from the crowd um and and i suspect and you know the lebron thing is already ba- is already pretty healed but like it was kind of nice just to end things on relatively good terms with with uh, one of these players but man 7 years it's been 7 years since that title it just it's just crazy to think it really is crazy. Thank you. Like when we're looking back at kind of appreciating
1: the Kevin Love experience, we got nine years. You don't get nine years with a player very often, right? Like, that's, no, it's well, with the wild. exception
4: of Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Isaac Okor, they're all going to be here at least uh, 12 to 20 years
1: you just reminded me of a direction i wasn't planning on going but i thought it was a really interesting conversation uh, i was listening to carmen and lima uh talk about this with uh joe thomas going to the pro football hall of fame and just and the kevin love buyout and kind of do you let players get into your heart the same way or, or do you are you a little more
4: guarded uh as a fan do, literally you're, you're never, never again <laughs> the decision broke that part of my brain really eh yeah, it just, I, it, it uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the decision was the end of my, you know, my, my sports innocence, with the exception of uh, uh, Tony Romo, who's my favorite athlete ever, and I love him deeply. I will hear no slander about his regression on the mic uh, as a color commentary. I, I won't hear it. I, I don't even care if it's true. I, I'm so ride or die for that guy. But with the exception of that, uh, you know, I really do think I'm at the point now where like. I'll really like a player, but I, I find myself actually gravitating to role players a lot more than the stars because they're the closest to, to, to you know, relatively normal humans, mm-hmm. like just being a star for, you know, five, 10 years, just, you know, it does some of your brain chemistry after a while. Uh, and you're just, it, you're just, you're just in a different uh, experiential stratosphere than me. Um, yeah. And, and like, I just, I just know it's too, it's too fluid to, to all the way fall in love with a player, but I will fall. I will like them. I'll enjoy their personality, but like I'll never, you know, I, I think I'm just more aware of the of the game, I guess, uh, as as a fan now. So uh, I I will always maintain a little bit of distance between players these days. I wish I could get to that headspace. I got to admit, I still fall
1: hard for for players like I I want to be hurt, right? Like I I want sports to still (laughs) I want sports to still make me feel things. And I'm aware that it's a business I, I now what the decision did for me was learning to get to a place where and I've talked about this before, but not living and dying with every game and getting disappointed with my team without getting angry. I think that that was kind of the healthy transition I made. And the same goes for players, right? Like this Kevin Love situation, I don't know. If if I was 19 years old, probably would have annoyed me a little bit. But uh, at this point, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I don't love that he's on Miami. I'm not worried about it, to be clear. I'm I'm really not worried about it. Uh, That
4: may come back. I'm a little worried about Miami and the macro, just because I think they have a lot of things that make it hard for us. But, mm-hmm. like, we should beat Miami with or without Kevin Love. And the fact that they so desperately need a player that we couldn't find a minute for really shows kind of the state of that that rotation for them and, you know, some of their sunk costs elsewhere that you like uh, their 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 supplementary pieces have not been helpful the way that Miami's been able to find that in the past. and they they really, really are reliant on, you know, their stars to carry them right now. So the fact that, You know, people are talking about Kevin Love starting for them uh, (laughs) right off the buyout market. Like it's it's a little I'm a little stunned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know a lot of our Heat fan friends. I've been talking to our boy Hot Take Harry uh, in the DMs about this the last few days. Uh, And uh, and he's like, man, just anyone who can shoot that is, you know, that is taller than six five. Please make my team. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's a tough situation
1: to be in. But getting back to, to what I was saying, um, like I I still really get a deep connection with these players. Like Darius Garland for me is already kind of elevated himself into one of my favorite players to watch. Evan Mobley uh, is coming along. Like I, I just. I, I find watching Cavs games a second time, I appreciate Evan Mobley that much more. Like, I, I get so excited with him and, and his growth. Donnie is already burrowing his way into my heart, Jared Allen. Uh, so for for me, I, I still love the connection. I, I still like tapping into kind of that childhood, just appreciation for these guys. But it, it definitely does, it's a little different when when you are, when you've been through it you're a little less naive and you kind of understand that ultimately it is a business but i think
4: i just we're... i just feel like i'm more of a grown-up you know like yeah. it's like you know i just know i know that like like it that this kind of stuff is very fluid you know mm-hmm. you love it you love a town and uh but you know you also know that on the other side how how fickle fans are and how how miserable some folks are and how mean some folks are and it's like Yeah, if I were a player, I'd keep my distance, too. Yeah, So, like, it's, you know, it's not like just... I'm not trying to demonize players. I just think, like, um, you know, I understand the business end of the relationship a little bit more. Uh, Even if I do have, you know, fondness for these players, I'm just not going to be like, LeBron's my buddy. (laughs) Like, no, he's not my buddy. (laughs) He's not your buddy guy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, you know, it's... (sighs) It, it, it still feels so surreal that Kevin Love is done playing uh, for the Cavs. Uh, next two games against Miami, will both be in Miami. So uh, we don't have that moment at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse unless he plays for them in the playoffs. But um, but before we move on and talk about All-Star and, and kind of some of the other things that uh, we have on the slate, do you have any kind of final thoughts about Love and his impact w- with the franchise?
4: I feel like I got it out in the opening monologue. I just think, again, like, uh, while it was a very tumultuous experience, um, you know, I still think, uh, I still think I got a ton out of it. And he meaningfully helped the franchise, uh, through multiple eras, which is, you know, not many players get to do these days. Mm -hmm.
1: Definitely got a ton out of it, just like we continue to get a ton out of Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom, half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe, Zoom, how the world connects.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Bop Kids, Kids Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
1: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
4: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
4: Carter, I got a disapproving head shake there. You didn't like I that don't one? I don't know. I don't know. That one That, one, that felt uh. Poor taste. Poor taste. Oh, poor taste. I I thought it was just no, kind was, of forced. I, <laughs> no, it was. It was certainly a little bit forced. No, uh, I just. I sometimes I just feel like I should challenge you. I don't always have a good reason for why I react positively or negatively oh, to, that, to your to your segues. That, that's fair. My my fastball
1: still isn't up over ninety mar, miles an hour. Uh, still feeling some of those lingering effects from uh, too many medscal margaritas. But you know, good for we, you. <laughs> we will continue to move forward carter speaking of fun and games all-star weekend is behind us i i gotta say i enjoyed this all-star weekend i i tuned in for the majority of it um the all-star game uh i did not enjoy as much I, i think it was the least i've enjoyed a game in a while but donovan mitchell did at least make some nba history in it becoming the first player to have 40 points and 10 assists in an all-star game. Donnie being unselfish even in all-star Carter. How do you like that?
4: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I DM'd you about this, but uh of course, you know, Jason Tatum, the 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 out for him kind of superstar, you know, chucking at every opportunity. Meanwhile, our guy, Donnie, is uh, is setting up there's a play in the fourth where Tatum was so clearly gunning for the MVP and for the scoring record, where Donnie looped him uh, a pass to the top of the arc and was flying towards the hoop for an alley-oop, and Tatum just took the three, and I was like, oh, poor form. (laughs) Poor form. Uh, But yeah, I'll tell you, I I had a good All-Star weekend. I feel like if you're getting a little grumpy about All-Star weekend as a fan, but you still want to stay connected to the activity, it's a great second-screen activity. hmm and I think so many people are tra- treating this like something they got to watch, like it's an NBA finals game. And then they're getting grumpy about it. It's like, yeah, they're, they're messing around. <laughs> Just, and if it's close, they'll play hard. And if it's not, they won't. And this two last two years, it was close. So it was super fun down the stretch this year. It wasn't. So it was a little, because Donnie and Tatum went absolutely bananas. Still that there were some fun moments. The LeBron uh, alley-oop to himself was bananas. Oof. The 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 Tatum Donnie explosion in the third was nuts. The I really liked the Tatum Jason Brown or, or Jalen Brown one on one duels. I thought that was really a silly little aside. I just people just if, if you're getting worked up, just don't don't watch just or or, or put it on their second screen. Like it's it, like I I second screened a decent amount of All Star Weekend, and I really do think it's the best way. I was hanging out with Kylie. I was hanging out with the kid. Uh, and you know, every now and again, I'd I'd look down and watch, watch the game, uh, with the exception of the dunk contest, which got all my attention, um, uh, more than anything else. And I was very rewarded. I, I was, I love the
1: dunk contest. I thought it was a lot of fun. I felt really bad for KJ Martin because I feel like he would have got all of those dunks down on the first try if he just got proper passes. And some of that's on his dad. Some of that's on on Jayshon Tate. Some of that's on the Houston
4: Houston Rockets. A point
1: guard, am I right, fellas? I was about to say some of that's on the Houston Rockets for just not having a point guard. Um, (laughs) You know, but overall, I I thought it was so much fun. Um, Trey was was unbelievable. Like, I I thought he did such a good job. Um, Just him and McClung both throwing them down on, on their first try every single time um I I thought the dunk contest was a lot of fun and you know I I do have to say the the skills contest I liked the format better last year um I I thought I it,
4: I won't lie Justin I didn't watch the skills contest this year oh so what they did with the once skills I, contest- once I saw the Anna Takumpo's not featuring Giannis I turned it off <laughs> that was literally my experience go it's already started i turn it on and i saw the the kumpos doing a shooting competition with drew holiday and i said i will no. check you guys out uh later not not for me yeah that, that's fair i i think with drew
1: replacing Giannis in that competition if they wanted to improve the all-star product they could have had dg replace drew in the actual game but you know that's you know little minor notes uh for i, I will
4: say watching that game is so clear dg was better than some of those dudes that were playing. Thank you, thank you. He he, absolutely is
1: must uh, be said. He he is an all-star caliber talent. Uh, no matter what happened in that game, uh, it, it's so funny now that you're not picking sides, um, like or you're not doing east versus west. That you still kind of have that east-west split of all stars. And, and I'm all for JJ Reddick's uh, suggestion to expand uh, the the all-star kind of rosters um, because it's been this size since the league was smaller and since there was far less talent. Um, I, I think it, it would be great to to get more players in it. To, and of course, this is partly selfish because yes, we're probably going to have four all-star uh, candidates every single year moving forward. Uh, because of course, as we've already established, no one's ever leaving. Uh, everybody no, that I'm connected with. Is going to be here forever but um I, I thought it was a lot of fun and i gotta be honest carter i think my new favorite uh event in all-star weekend is rising stars i just think it's so much fun i love the, the mini
4: g-league kids in there
1: scoot was fun i was hoping to get a little bit more uh out of him uh but i just love the the format of kind of the, the four teams playing those mini tournaments And honestly, if we are expanding the All-Star roster, it'd be fun to have a mini-tournament in the big game because then those guys are are competing to to stay on the floor a little bit longer. Uh, After you have the first two games, you can have your halftime concert so everyone gets a rest before the final. Uh, That could be a fun way to go about it. But Evan Mobley in the Rising Stars game looks so unfair. Like They were playing competitive basketball and there was a bit of defense played. It's so funny to see a guy that's not just, you know, a, a system defender that if everyone's in position, I'm going to protect the rim. Mobley was still just making ridiculous defensive plays in just pickup basketball. Like guys aren't paying attention. And he just kind of pokes the ball out, goes full court, throws a no-look pass. Like he was impossible. And Joachim Noah was hating playing not playing him in, in the final. And ultimately they ended up losing because Mobley wasn't playing big minutes in that game.
4: Hey, listen, listen, Jokam Noah is never going to uh, you know properly respect uh, you know the city of Cleveland or or its denizens nor its players, and you know that that's on him. You know, ultimately, he's going to have to carry that uh, carry that with him. But uh, yeah, Mobley was great. Uh, the The games were fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked Rising Stars too, but I, I'm at the point now, Justin, where Twitter is so cacophonous during these things with all these suggestions that's a big word there buddy. i know uh just it's just suggestions and format changes and i just i'm not going to be part of the discourse whatever you give me nba i'm fine with and if i'm not i'm just gonna i'll just you know much like when i saw honorary Anna a drew holiday brick and threes (laughs) i'll just turn it off uh, you know, I'm fine with don't fix. No one needs to fix the dunk contest. No one needs to fix all star. I don't care. I just want to, I'll just tune in for the silliness and have a nice time. Uh, you know, I, and, and, and if I can get one more grumpy monologue off about the dunk contest, go for Guys, it. Guys, it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes it's not going to go great. Like, we don't have to have like, uh, like, like a referendum on the existence. How many times has the dunk contest been saved, Justin? Um, 50? A few times, yeah. And, like, it, it's just hard, and their dunks are getting harder. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be... Sometimes you're going to have a stinker like we had last year. Unfortunately, it happened to happen while we were
1: there. <laughs> but... Honestly, I'm still happy that we got to attend that, because that was historic. Cole Anthony and the Tims is something that i'm going to be able to tell my fictitious
4: grandchildren yeah well sorry about your voice there uh i I, I know you get choked up when you talk about your grandkids it it was very emotional you you know Uh, very emotional
1: for me to talk about cole anthony's dunk attempts
4: but like to me it's a win-win it's either terribly cringe inducing and everyone gets to roast and twitter is a blast or it you have what you had uh you know this weekend which was some absolutely insane dunks that I've never seen before. By the way, I also don't care about how famous the dunkers are. I don't care at all. Like, obviously it'd be cool if LeBron was doing it and like, and big stars, but like people act like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were household names before their dunk contest. Duel, and no, they weren't. Mm-hmm. They were, they were just you know, random young dudes that I, had I remember getting some real, promise. I remember getting
1: really annoyed that, who's this donovan mitchell guy uh, beating larry nance jr in the dunk contest
4: and, and he ended up becoming a much bigger star as we well know so I, I don't think any of this matters uh it's it's fun when it's fun it stinks when it stinks but the fun is so cool that it's worth dealing with a few stinkers because who cares it, it's an hour of your life it doesn't matter I, 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 so so shout, shouts to Mac McClung for winning shouts to Trey Murphy who I thought had some pretty nasty dunks despite the commentators talking about how tall he was every time he did anything <laughs> uh, and uh, and shouts to Jericho Sims for the double elbow idea it just didn't quite work yeah you, you gotta get both in on, uh, on yeah. your first poor, poor guy was dunking to abject silence
1: <laughs> that's, I, I, that's I do... rough I, I do have to say, I, I think the most annoying part was kind of putting down on the product throughout the entire broadcast. Like, Yeah, that's just what they do. I, I, I know it's just what they do, but it, it's it's not cool to hate things, folks. You, honestly, it's not cool to hate things. <laughs> you can't make that to your entire personality. And I, I just was a lot of cool stuff happening there. And, uh, I, I love the Alvarado game winner. Um, his whole experience.
4: I love the Alvarado fake, uh, steal oh. on Trey Murphy. That was awesome. That, that was so much. I was much properly surprised. I, I was surprised.
1: Uh, And you know what? It was playing off the expectation that, hey, we're going to botch some of these attempts. You're going to have a lob that doesn't necessarily go right. Uh, I I thought that that was so creative. And Alvarado uh, winning the dinner bet with with Donovan Mitchell that he was going to hit the game winner. And then hitting the game winner was a lot of fun. Uh, My whole biggest surprise of that was that Scotty Barnes didn't win MVP because... Thought you have to give him an award just for being on the team that won more games. You are, you are miserable. <laughs> I am, I am miserable. Uh, well, Carter, um, we've covered All Star, we've covered Kevin Love. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts on, on kind of wh- where are you at now that, that Kevin Love is off the roster? Like, I, I know we talked about the concern with lack of depth, but do you like this at, at kind of as a philosophy moving forward where? We're just trying to get as many wings as possible around this core. Like, I know it's something we've talked about in theory, but now it kind of seems like there's a shift, right? Like if Dean Wade is the third big because he is signed to an extension now, um, that kind of changes things, right? Like now there's a little bit more of a need if if he's playing more minutes at four or potentially five uh, and, and fewer at three, which we thought, hey, he's showing more of those skills to play on the perimeter.
4: Um, I I think we won't really know. You know, I think this was, this was something I think was foisted on the Cavs, not the inverse. I don't think the Cavs were like Kevin. We're thinking we'll do a bunch of wings, so we're gonna bench you. So you ask out, so we can buy, we can no buy no, you no. Out. no no. Uh, of uh, course not. not. Th- no, of course not. What you're saying? I'm doing it for comedic effect. But uh, <laughs> with that said, I I think we'll see in the off season how Kobe wants to round out this rotation. Uh, he's got a big decision to make with Karis LeVert. Uh, and then he's got a big decision to make with that fourth big because it's just been known that Kevin and Dean are like those guys for a long time. So having that that flexibility open up and what kind of players player are they going to target? Are they going to go for maybe like a spring year or four or five that, that is a little more switchable, a, a, a higher-end athlete, uh you know a helpful rim protector like like you know do they chase not this player exactly but like someone in the Brandon Clark archetype who just does something completely different from anything on their team you yeah. know uh, I, I laugh or, because
1: I was the exact yeah. player I, I had in mind when you were talking about that
4: yeah or do they go try to chase you know just more shooting more 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 just catch and shoot shooting knowing that uh, that what they have is something that works and they don't really want a player that does something completely different from what they do. We're just not going to know till the offseason. I don't think this Kevin Love transaction really, you know, other than just gives the, us more tape on what a smaller and more agile lineup is. And again, I talked about this with, with Chris Fedor when we had him on before the deadline that one thing about not playing Kevin Love is that no one on the floor makes you compromise your defensive identity anymore. Mm. You don't have to change your scheme at all to accommodate one of your bigs, and and like, is that going to be something they like enough to to, to kind of hang on to that? Uh, you know, as a philosophy moving forward, we'll find out. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's interesting because when this change was made, obviously it was made prior to the winning streak. Uh, I think Kevin's last game was that game against New York, which. Uh, I think we we saw again on All Star Weekend that just leaving Julius Randall open doesn't mean he's going to make every single shot, but you know sometimes it still happens against us. Um, but no, when that change was made, so Dean Wade slides into that spot, and honestly, it seemed to have guaranteed at, at least right now Jetty as part of the rotation. Right, like it's hey, we're we're trying to to find ways to to get as you said, not compromise our defensive identity, no matter who's on the court, but we are getting Jetty more consistent minutes. We are getting Karis more consistent minutes. We believe in what Isaac's doing. And uh, like you said, I I think ultimately this really is, if it's not a vote of confidence, it's a test for for the roster.
4: I think it's more of a test than a vote. And I'm excited to see how they come up against it.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, We will be podcasting again on Wednesday. I I want to mention that we are going to be doing a mailbag edition of the podcast. As usual, we will be calling out uh, on Twitter uh, for questions. But if you are not a Twitter subscriber and you want to send us some questions, you can do so by sending that to chasedownpod at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube right now, we really appreciate you guys supporting us. You can like subscribe, click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast and you want to support us, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpot at gmail.com. However, you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. And until next time, be okay.
3: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
2: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look
0: at that. He is...